You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. This episode is brought to you by The Macro, a flexible, easy-to-use set of commands that will simplify your gameplay. Why click everything manually when you can automate your abilities on a fewest keys possible? No more stretching across the entire keyboard just to find the number 9 key. No more losing your healing target and... There will be no macros. Well, what am I supposed to do then? Think of something else. Like what? What am I supposed to record? What about a programmable mouse? Never mind. This episode is brought to you by the Programmable Gaming Mouse. The MMO optimized instrument with 15 or more commands at the touch of a button. Why use a simple set of computer commands for free when you could drop a hundred bucks and be the envy of all your gaming friends and neighbors? The programmable gaming mouse. Much better than a macro. True story. Hi, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. This is episode number 25, and we're recording on Sunday, June the 5th. And with me are our usual co-hosts, Kathy. Hey there. And Roxanne. Hey, guys. Hey, Kathy. How was your last three weeks been? It's been three weeks since our last (laughs) podcast. I know. It's been terrible. (laughs) We just got swept up with everything. It's been great. Super busy. My brother was in town and all that was going on. I just did auditions for the show that we're going to be working on. So we saw lots of great kids. We're doing 13, which is a musical by Jason Robert Brown. Very excited about that. And just trying to catch up, catch up with all the Star Wars stuff that's been going on. (laughs) Um, How about you guys? Roxanne, what have you been doing? Um, I've just been really busy with work and non-Star Wars related stuff, but I also, um, I went home for a while when, um, I guess, uh, my uncle and the cousins were visiting, and it was awesome, because I, uh, I got to hang out with my cousin, um, David, who is, how, he's like 12 now, or 13, 11 or something? 13. Oh my 13. gosh, <laughs> like, but it's awesome, <laughs> because the first time, like, in our, our lives, like, together, he's playing the same video games that, that I am, kind of. So I got like really excited and I sent him home with like the Mass Effects and uh, the orange box and stuff. So that's going to be an exciting new chapter in his life when yeah, he gets right. to play Bioware games. <laughs> you guys you guys did Portal 2 co-op together. Yeah, we, we did. Here, right? he, yeah, he is really um like he was really good at that. He, by the end he was solving all the puzzles and stuff. So that's cool. He's like the next generation <laughs> of gamer. Oh no. He's becoming better than you. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You just became his favorite cousin. <laughs> it's been I've that had way. that title for a while. <laughs> How about you, Carla? What's been going on? Oh my gosh, life? I have had so much going on. Um, first of all, I've got a brand new mixer, and we're trying to uh, do our recordings in, in just a little bit different way. And I also have a brand new Adderall recorder, which is a handheld recorder so that we can take it to pax prime when we go and do a little bit of uh interviews and that sort of thing so i have had to get my geek on and try to get everything hooked up and in the middle of all that um i went and saw let's see it has been a couple several weeks so i don't know if i even said that i went and watched thor 
And <laughs> yeah. then yesterday, I went to see X-Men First Class and oh. loved it. I saw that yesterday. It was fantastic. Better, I think, maybe even better than the first one. Better than all of the other ones. I would highly recommend it. Me too. Yeah, Roxanne, you have to go. I know. I have to go by myself because <laughs> my friends here in Jersey don't like comics or kind of like, I guess, geek culture or something, which makes That's it really silly. hard to... I know. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I think you'll love it too when you go see it. Alrighty, well, it's time for our host challenge. Fact. You know it to be true. Or fiction. That's impossible! Okay, I'm going to read three bits of information or leads about the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed. Only one will be a fact confirmed by BioWare. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yep. Alrighty. Number one, BioWare loves macros and will be adding them for launch. Hmm. Number two, in a GameSpot interview released Friday, June the 3rd, Damian Schubert stated in regards to personal mounts. Initially, we're just going with vehicles instead of animal mounts, although we definitely hope to get the animal mounts post-launch. Number three, the Imperial Agent has stealth field generator for both advanced classes. So after hearing all three leads, which one do you think is the confirmed fact? I know, I know this one. <laughs> do you, Roxanne? I'm conspicuously silent. I think I know, <laughs> maybe. Okay, well, number one is not true because yeah. macros we know are not, which we'll talk about later, but macros will not be in the game. And number three is not true just because you know, stealth, stealth will only be available to one tree. So I, so this, the second one, oh yeah, personal mounts are going to be vehicles. I think we kind of already knew that, but Damien Schubert. Oh, I guess what we didn't know is that in the future, they're hoping to get animal mounts. So that made me happy. Exactly. I was so excited to hear that they were going to get animal mounts because it's like, that's really what I wanted. I mean, I, I like know. the speeders and the bikes and all that stuff. I like that. But I kind of thought it would be cool to ride an yeah, animal. You want to ride a Tauntaun. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Aren't they like a lot slower, though, than like actual vehicles? Oh, stop. Stop raining on the parade. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right well all right i guess that's it for fact from fiction let's get on to the latest news and tour from the news net and, and we all right, well, since we have three weeks of stuff to catch up on, we decided to just blow through the things that, that people probably don't even remember anymore. <laughs> so I'm just going to real quick list a lot of these things, which most people probably already know about. The May 20th update uh, was a bunch of different things. One was the Fansite Summit video, which was just basically a little commercial of, of the fansites like us going, oh my gosh, we love the game. So I enjoyed it. I don't know how many of the rest of the fans enjoyed it. But anyway, that's on the, the May 
main site. We also had that week um, Fan Friday, so there were the usual avatars and smileys and blah blah blah. The fan site spotlight was on Swotor Life, which they were also at the fan site. So hats hats off to them. They they have a nice site. They have a lot of information on there, so people can check them out. We'll have, make sure we have a link in our show notes. Um, also that week there was the community Q and A, which was from the senior concept artist Clint Young. Uh, he just answered a lot of different questions about about art essentially and in the game it was it was an interesting read for people who like the behind the scenes stuff um and there was also a studio insider on combat audio which was fun uh, they they had lots of little tiny um clips showing what the different stages of the sound is as they were they put together the the, the little scenes that we'll, we'll be watching when we play the game um Yes, and then finally, on that May 20th uh, update was the list of events. So this was actually, I thought, the most interesting thing because they listed all the cons that they're going to be at through the end of the year, um, including E3, which is next week, and going all the way through to, what, DreamHack at the end of November in Sweden. Um, of course, the first thing that I thought of when, when I saw that was like, huh, I wonder what that means for the release date. <laughs> Do we think that means that, that we're not going to see the game till the very end? But then as soon as, as soon, almost as soon as the first person said that out loud in the forums, Stephen Reed jumped in to say, you know what, we're planning on attending cons after release, so you really can't read a lot into um, our event schedule. So so much for that. Uh, we will have it there. That was in the dev tracker. I'll make sure we have a link to that in our forums also. Okay, Carla, what's up next? Well, it looks like we, um, on that same Friday, um, May 20th, we had the Trooper Armor Progression video. Does anybody have any comments about that? I thought it was awesome. It was beautiful. I loved it. I, I liked the Trooper um, to begin to begin with. Uh, and I, I, I like seeing the different abilities, like the, the, the healing droid that he calls down and, um, and, I, and the music I thought was good. And then the kicker is just when he runs up and just punches that girl in the face. And I thought, oh, good, there's no fake chivalry in Tor. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna, you know, <laughs> have to take it. Uh, so I, thought I that think he like, he slashes at her with like a knife or something. No, no, no. She's like, she's there's two people she's attacking and she's lightning mm -hmm. for some one the the jedi knight i believe and while she's doing that the trooper just runs up and he just hauls off and punches her right in the face she kind of her feet go up in the air kabosh and then you see him with the gun and she goes poof, 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 so yeah yeah no, I, thought, I thought i was holding a thing but i guess not was he oh maybe i'm pretty sure it was just a roundhouse punch but uh, anyway so yes that's what i i did like i, I enjoyed that trooper video Video a lot the armor progression video and I guess that's actually what it was it was an armor progression did I and I liked the uh, I liked I thought it was all really cool looking so and they're just doing a great job with all the armor sets I think I think so too okay and that brings us to Friday June the 3rd which was just a couple of days ago and one of the updates was the um, an announcement about the Lost Sons which is going to be a new comic book and it was written by Alexander Freed um, and I think it's going to be a terrific comic I cannot wait to read what he writes I mean since you know he is the one that wrote the whole Imperial Agent thing mm -hmm. and I'm just dying to see what he's done with this comic 
Yeah, and the main character is Theron Shan, who is the son of Satil Shan, I believe. And I like the way they describe describe it. Don't they say something like Maverick Spy? You know, this kind of stuff. It sounds it sounds really entertaining. Um, did you say I'm, when it's? Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like most excited about this because they're saying that what it's concurrent with the events that are going to be happening in the Old Republic. So. Yeah, like characters that you're going to meet and like things that are happening are going to be like revealed in this comic or they're happening at the same time, which is really, really neat. Because what, Bloody Empire, or what was the come before this? Was that it? it uh, <laughs> that was, that was the one before that this. That took place one. like 40 years before, right? The timeline of um, the Old Republic. And this is happening at the same time. So that's cool. Uh Maybe I can't remember. Is that the timeline? But anyway, yes. The, and and they said that um, while we will not be meeting Theron Sean himself, there will be characters in the comic that you will meet in the game. So that's neat. Yeah, and it goes on sale on June the eighth, which is next week, a couple of days Great. from now. Okay, and then we've got the big hoopla of Electronic Arts' debut of their new digital download service called Origin which mm -hmm. was uh, broke. Actually, it broke a day early and they had to do a little bit of backpedaling <laughs> on the forums uh, because there was like an article that was released the day before instead of on June 3rd. It was actually right, the day right. before. Um, but it is about the, the service that Electronic Arts is going to use for digital downloads. And the big news about that is that that's going to be the only place the exclusive place that you can get digital downloads for Star Wars The Old Republic. Right. So what do no you guys scene. think about that? Well, okay, so I read it and I kind of just went, oh, okay, because I'm not a big, I do use Steam, but I, but I don't, I'm not like in the Steam community where I care <laughs> about all this stuff. And, and so for me, the news was like, well, all right, whatever. I don't really care where I get it if I'm going to, and I'm, I might just buy the box anyway. But, um, but I, but I, but I, I had a conversation with Roxanne and she about you about like flipped out on me. <laughs> you say that about everything I say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's the nature of our relationship. You yelling at me and me going, calm down. <laughs> I never speak in a normal tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think Roxanne has a few things to share. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm not excited about Origin, and I don't think, no one is probably excited about it. It's like, uh, it's just the EA download manager, which has existed for a while, except now that they've tied this, like, social type stuff to it, and the thing is, like, I don't know. I'm never ever. I'm not gonna switch from Steam to this thing because I have literally like six years of purchasing games to my Steam account, and I have like my friends list and all my stuff that I've built up on Steam. And Steam's great. And I'm not gonna. The only reason to move to another download service is if they give you features beyond what Steam gives you. But like probably the worst strike against Origin is that like I is it just EA games because <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Steam's fantastic uh, third party support. There's like, I mean Xbox Live Arcade and Steam are probably the two places where like the indie community like lives. Like I don't know like Machinarium and Chime and all the frictional games like Amnesia, which has gotten a lot of like really good press in the past year and a half. That like. 
Remember when Portal 2 came out and they did the whole, like, potato sack thing where if you played, like, indie games, you could, like, it would somehow correlate to the release date of Portal 2. It's that type of community support which makes Steam good. And to me, this... And also, like, 90% of EA games are also available on Steam. So it's not even, like, you can't play EA properties. It's you can't play Tor. And to me, it's, like... EA obviously started Origin to make money because that's what that's just something they do. And they're kind of like holding Tor hostage just to sweeten the pot, where they're like, oh, <laughs> this is our like most expensive, coolest new property that's gonna happen. We really need this to sell this service that literally no one is interested in. <laughs> like So just so just to be clear, the hostility is not towards Bioware. <laughs> it's towards no, it's EA, like, evil EA games. No, and, and you know, and hostility is even too strong of a word because it doesn't really affect me because I could just buy a boxed copy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm I'm definitely not gonna I don't need another social network or like downloading service like in my life. I don't need another like Thing that I have to log into and runs in the background of my computer and has my credit card information. Like, I mean, I have Xbox Live and Steam, and there's literally no reason to like start another one. So, I to me, it just seems like kind of like greedy and opportunistic from EA's standpoint. And uh, yeah, so that's why I don't like Origin. But <laughs> well, I'm gonna kind of back up Roxanne on this one, only from the aspect of I really didn't care who I got my digital download from. In fact, I mean, I, I've let it be known on, on the OTG forums that I was going to buy it from Bioware anyway because I wanted to support, you know, the whole guild system and everything that Bioware is sinking into this game, you know, and trying to do for guilds. So I was going to probably buy it from Bioware anyway, even though I have an active Steam account. But I can tell you, when I posted this on the OTG forums, the majority of the people were just, like, very upset at the fact that they didn't want to have to go and use another digital download service. They were used to using Steam and some of the other companies. Because you know how Steam works. The thing about, like, the EA Download Manager, and I think what some people are worried about is that if it's going to have to run the background and authenticate, like, constantly... Like, remember there's that whole thing with Assassin's Creed 2, like, a couple of years ago, where it was, it's a single-player offline game, but you need to maintain a constant internet connection as a form of, like, insane DRM, where mm-hmm. they needed to check every 10 minutes to see if you had a legitimate copy. And it's, like, it's services, services, in quotes, like, that, that make, <laughs> that are, like, just, like, awful for everybody, and it makes people want to pirate everything, and it's not helping, like, anybody. Well, I think... And I'm not saying that that's what Origin is, but I was reading the official forums, and people are like, okay, like, so if I buy a box copy, am I still going to have to run it through Origin? Like, those are legitimate concerns. Yeah, I guess my concern would be that... Steam and other companies like Steam, but Steam is the most commonly known, has been a big proponent of EA games and other gaming companies. And I kind of feel sorry for them that here they've, they've, you know, yes, they've made money off these games and they're making money off of the different gaming companies. But in turn, they've also done a lot for the gaming companies. And now they're not going to get to reap the benefits of probably one of the most popular games that's going to come out this year at least and probably, you know, next year, you know. (laughs) So I I kind of feel for Steam 
And also the, the, the biggest concern that I have heard was that people liked knowing that they could go to one location and have all their downloads there. So let's say their computer failed and they had to get a new one or whatever. They could just go to Steam and download everything and we're all in one fell swoop. You know, yeah. now That's, they're going to have to have an account with Steam and an account with EA. And who else is going to start doing this now? You know, yeah. what's next? I mean, is every gaming company going to start doing their own downloader? You know, so... No, every company is not going to start doing it because they know that people aren't going to use it. <laughs> that, like, you have to create a better product and able for people to use it. This, I don't think Origin's going to, like, do fantastic. I don't feel sorry for Steam because Steam's going to be fine. <laughs> no, well, I, you know what I mean. I don't mean, like, has sorry. Game. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that's... Do you think this is just one of those things that like happens and you're like, oh, come on, EA. <laughs> like, right. Do you think know. that there'll be a lot of people that will just say, well, forget it. I'm not going to get digital. I'm just going to get the box. I, I'm one of those people. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder how successful it's this going to be. This is the thing. If you can download it off the Steam client, I don't see, we don't, I guess, know. I guess I could download it and see what like Origin really is. If it's like Steam where it has to like run and I have to launch things off the client, then, like, there's no way I'm going to use it. If it's, like, the old EA download, download manager, where you only really access it to, like, download the thing, then, like, that's fine. But if it's, like, something that I need, like, a profile and information tied to, then, like, I seriously cannot be bothered <laughs> to, like, add <laughs> another application like that to my life. Well, I'm really right. concerned about that because that's something that I had not thought about. I did not think that there there would be some downloader that I would have to keep running all the time just to have access to the game because I'm trying to free my life of collector's edition boxes. <laughs> I was going to buy the collector's edition digital, you know, mm -hmm. um, if that's what they're going to have. We don't know yet, but, but I was also, with most download services, you can pre-download the game right. before it actually yeah, launches, cool. yeah. you know, and that way when it launches, like at 1201, you you're ready to rock it. and roll and play. I yeah. did that actually with like the, uh, the Half-Life episodes. And I remember thinking it was so cool back in like, you know, 2006 or whenever that was. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Now that's making me want to get digital. <laughs> well, but anyway, yeah. alrighty. Um, I, don't have any other comments about the the origin i i i was excited to hear about it but i was then i kind of had my feet knocked out from underneath me when they said it was exclusively there yeah i mean so i hope it runs fine i mean considering it's a brand new thing and yeah i mean it, steam <laughs> has 10 billion years of experience i know yeah, I like, hate to probably, like. This is one of those things where it's probably not even worth stressing about because you can totally surpass it if you can totally surpass it. Because I guess we don't know, but like, yeah, and maybe it'll be fine. But it's just when I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is kind of annoying for these reasons. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Yeah, and a lot of people pretty much voiced everything that you two have just said <laughs> for reasons to not be for this type of thing. But, oh, well, it sounds like it's a done deal. There's not much we can do. The only Thanks, electronic arts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's move on. Um, so now, look, we're, we're caught up. We're caught up to the most recent Friday update. 
Of course, there's a lot to cover here, but why don't we start with June 3rd. Uh, the advanced classes page was updated to yeah. show all the skill tree names and kind of give you a basic idea of what each of those, the abilities in each of those trees you know the kind of the, the focus that will be so i you know and i actually didn't even look at it really closely until just today but uh, this is exactly the kind of thing that i was wondering about you know like how you know what the different how, how what's going to be in each skill tree and you know what's the, the and so and things like yeah stealth will only be available to one advanced class not to both for things like the imperial agent or the smuggler um so i think there were lots of just little questions that that were answered from from these names did you did you have any reaction at either of you to any of the uh the names were they bad or good or fine <laughs> Just the actual names? Yeah, like, you know, Sith Warriors, Vengeance, and Immortal are the two Juggernaut trees, and Annihilation and Carnage are the Marauder trees, and they share the Rage tree, so, yeah. Nothing like, you know, when Wizard was one of the oh. advanced classes <laughs> for the Jedi Counselor. I really didn't have any, you know, concerns about any names. Mm -hmm. I guess my concern would be is... For example, I happen to be on that page right now, and I'm clicking on the Sith Warrior, okay? And then it comes up the Juggernaut, you know, and then it comes up the Marauder are both there. If you click on the Juggernaut, you see that it has Vengeance and Immortal. And then under mm -hmm. there, there's two items. Where's all the other detail? I mean, those cannot totally be everything that we're going to see under well, those two items, right? I mean, so what are you are you wanting to know each ability that goes in those trees? Absolutely. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we'll get to this later in terms of like what how much information we're really owed. The thing, the thing that like struck me about these abilities is they're like I think their definition of a passive ability is a little wonky because like some of them I don't get because they're like your next five abilities will be free and I'm like wait five starting where it's passive. Also uh -huh. they. They seem like the, the passive ability unstoppable. Sorry, I should probably explain this because not everybody's looking at it. So, yeah, unstoppable, passive, it says force wait, charge wait, wait, wait. has 100% wait. chance to grant I'm unstoppable. Sorry, is, this, is this Sith Warrior? Where are we? Yeah, yes. Sith Warrior. Under Which Juggernaut. Which to me means like that's an upgrade for Sith Charge. So, isn't that just like force charge level two? It's not like calling it a different ability because it only affects one other ability. It points back to force charge. Like, that's not really a passive ability because it affects one active ability. <laughs> so really, it's just level two of an active ability. That just seemed really weird to me. It, I like feel like that's an effort to kind of like beef up their trees, when really it's just, it's, you know, it's the second level of an active well, ability. Well, I don't want to seem unappreciative. I love the fact that we're able to see these trees and to see the advanced classes. Um, I guess I just expected more when they said oh here's the advanced classes and you get to see what they do and and i'm going oh gosh, okay Tyler. and i start no <laughs> no i'm starting I, mean, I don't think that's asking too much i mean because I feel like this is an insane amount of information because i remember I do too reading like... through this update in preparation for this episode and being like oh my god <laughs> like what <laughs> i like can't even take all of this in 
Well, that, yeah, like, because, you know, I mean, how is this really going to help you if you know, like, if if they had, like, 10 abilities for each of these trees, or, you know, 15 or 20? I mean, we don't, we don't need to know that before the game launches. I, in fact, it's funny, because I didn't even realize that you could mouse over these icons and get specific descriptions in terms of how long the cooldown is and what the range is and, and how much damage it is. And this is great. This is great that they gave us this much, because, you know, I this is more than than we need certainly so i i'm really excited about this this update and i think people who can oh well, i am very excited about the update and i don't want to seem like i'm not excited about it i mean this is hot news i'm just <laughs> saying that i thought it was going to be more based on the information um that they were giving us because and and i don't know well here's the little disclaimer yeah, look at this it's like these skill trees are not finalized and are subject <laughs> to change between now and launch. So I, I would say that there will certainly be more abilities when I start to say change. You mean complete, right? Are, these are not finalized. Right. To me, that no, we, I knew that. That could, be, that could be open to anything, uh, and certainly to be to addition to additions okay. or changes, whichever whatever that means. <laughs> but uh, but yes. Anyway, yeah. I mean, of course, I guess there's some people that would love to see every single ability that you're going to be able to play listed here. How yeah, I guess know, I did. I'm one of those people because I, I'd <laughs> well, like to wanna... really read into my character and I really like to do the research and understand what these different abilities are going to do for me and how if and I then... put a point here and a point there and how it changes. Right. I just like to know. And you'll, yeah. You're going to get to do that. Um, oh, I know. You know when the game is released. Like, why yeah. do you need to be able to do it now? Oh, I kind of <laughs> think also... you're going to get to know that ahead of time. I mean, do, do, but do you really do that? Do you sit down and read each ability? I mean, isn't it better to actually play the character? And you know, they, when they when you start a character, they don't go, "Here are fifty abilities you can use." You they they give you a few at a time, and you really learn to use them. And and that's the way to learn, not not to have your encyclopedia uh, okay. in front of you. <laughs> Let say. me remind you that our decisions are final. <laughs> and that we have to make good decisions. Yeah. And in order to make good decisions, we need to make educated decisions. And you can't be educated if you don't have the facts. Well, and that's I all like, I'm saying. Final. You can respect. Didn't they say that in like one of these interviews? I'm talking about like advanced know. classes. You can't change your advanced class. Oh, okay. Yeah, they haven't really. They said they might do it. I, I'm sure that they, I, I think that you are going to be able to do it farther down the road, you know, eventually. And anyway, but anyway. then, like, you can, uh, it's just the timetable of when people want the information. And the argument always is, like, well, you need to know this stuff because it's important. Because, like you said, like, maybe you can't change advanced classes or whatever. But the unreasonable request is the timetable at which you want the information. So it's like, you're going to get all the information, that's fine, but like, I want it today. It's like, that's, that's not okay. No, 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 no. I did not say that. You don't... So, Carla, are you I'm saying, saying that if you the have... universal you, like the people on um, the forums who are like, because this is like a quote from the forums where they're like, because someone was like, I think it's hilarious how people think they're entitled to all this information. And they're like, well, I think it's sad that you don't think that you deserve to know something about a product that you bought. And I was no, like, No, now see, I don't buy into all that. I have been yeah. very, very patient as far as the release of information. And I feel very privileged that we're getting as much information as we are because this is not normal, I don't think. I have never followed a game this close, but I've never seen anybody religiously give updates every week. Mm -hmm. The point I'm trying to make is 
This is good information. I just thought it was going to be a little more detailed. That doesn't mean that I expected more details because I didn't expect this. <laughs> you see <laughs> so, what I'm saying? So Carla, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you're not like angry or resentful. Right. No, I'm appreciative. But, but I'm, I'm really curious though. So like if, if they, you had gotten like, let's say they gave you every single ability that was going to be available, would you be like this week with a pen and paper, like figuring it out so that when the game launched, you'd already have your, your, your skill points assigned and you'd just be ready to go at, at, as soon as your character was created? Maybe not this early. And that's why I'm saying it, it doesn't bother me that it's not there. It mm -hmm. just surprises me that it's not there because I, by the way that they were talking about it, I expected it to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, well, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go do that right now. I think, I think there are people that would do that. But, uh, yeah, that's probably not the norm. But anyway, well, that, uh, one thing I wanted to, uh, that I noticed, and, and it's listed here on this advanced skill tree, and also more in the Georg Zoller interview that was done by MMRPG.com, which we will have a link to. He, Georg Zoller talked extensively about the advanced class trees and specific abilities so much to the point where i just looked at it and i thought i don't i don't even want to read this <laughs> it's too detailed but but i did and i would really recommend that people if you are interested in this kind of thing to go check it out but one thing that caught my eye was you have these they have these sort of asian sounding uh, stances the the soresu or the shi cho or the juyo um which are different stances i thought that was kind of um interesting the lightsaber uh, forms right yeah, yeah, it was kind of. Did they? Did they have those like in Kotor? They have them in the second one. Did they? Okay. Yeah, you learn them from the Jedi Masters as you find them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So <laughs> those were those were kind of neat because we haven't seen those. I don't think we've seen those those names before. Um, the uh, I guess the and Georg talked about how you know when you go to pick your ac it's going to be like a training thing that you i guess for your class you're going to come against and your master will say okay now you have to pick this path and that's when you know that's when you make your at level 10 <laughs> um your semi-permanent or maybe always permanent it's probably gonna be a lot like remember in kotor when you finished training and they're like what mm -hmm. kind of jedi do you want to be sport and then you had to choose like one of the trees it's probably gonna be like that so it happens yes. like after you know how how long into the game is that like six hours or something like that or less i don't remember i don't yeah. i don't remember either but yeah and you had to like answer these questions like what yeah. would you do how would you handle this and then they would tell you what they thought you would be most likely so that'll be yeah. funny if we see something like that again um the uh and i guess oh the other thing i noticed from the georg uh zoller interviews that the Jedi Knight has has hilt strike, which sounds a lot like stop the stock strike from the trooper where you just run up and you bash someone in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh good, the Jedi's will be able to do that also. <laughs> and and oh and he he talked about force cloak. I remember we were saying that was for that's for the Jedi Knight and we wondered if there was a similar thing for the Sith warrior and it turns out there is. It's called force camouflage. Um, it sounds very similar, although for force camouflage, he mentions he mentions threat reduction in that, which does not get mentioned in the article for force cloak. But I'm assuming they're going to be almost identical. Um, did you guys catch anything else from that interview? Not me. Yeah. So yeah. So for those people who really, really, really want you know every little detail, 
um, about specific abilities. That it's an excellent article, and very, very uh, Georg Zoller just kind of lists all these different things from different situations. So, go check it out. Okay, that brings us to um, the pre-E3 trailer from GameSpot. And um, that was a really cool video that um, showed actual gameplay footage. I was very excited and pumped up about that video because, I mean, it showed companions and it showed PvP and it showed war zones and it showed raids i mean mm -hmm. it really got us fired up because it was actual gameplay footage what did you guys think about it yeah it was a fantastic commercial for the game i thought <laughs> so perfect perfect for e3 um uh i think the one thing that i caught my eye was the galactic trade network they showed and I, i'm assuming do you think that's like auction house bank like that kind of thing Yes. Not not ringing a bell with anybody. <laughs> I was just like, it's beautiful. I love this. What city is that? Like, yeah, I know. That's got it. That's gotta be what that is. What else would it? Call? And then it, and then it said social hubs. It was, and it showed people dancing and things like that. Yeah. So, um, so I'm assuming um, that that's what all that was about. But yes, there was no real. I'm sure that Darth Hader and the like have you know dissected every little frame. But uh, but it's, essentially, I felt like it was just a really exciting, well produced commercial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was great. Okay, and um, one of the things that we're going to see um, is that EA Press and Spike TV, and I think there's a, a list of like five different locations that are going to be showing E3 live, and there is a itinerary or schedule of what's going to be happening at E3 on um, the IGN network and we can put a link to that in our show notes but it um, shows when the different things are happening and the time to watch appears to be 11 a.m. Pacific time on Thursday June the 9th for information on Star Wars The Old Republic. Oh, is that right? I think I missed that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that sounds great. There's also tomorrow, or well, tomorrow for us, which is Monday. I don't know if this will be out in time for people. But there's the press conference on Monday, uh, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. And we and that's going to be shown on, it's going to be live streamed on EA.com and Spike TV. So I don't, I don't know if they'll say anything about Tor. I imagine it might get mentioned, but but that's something that happens before the E3 actually gets kicked off. So you might want to check that out if you if you hear this in time. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but yeah, on the the uh, the Friday update from June third, they 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 link all the different places that you're going to be able to watch live coverage. So go to the go to the site and and look for the for the different different places. Um, what else did they talk about in that update? Oh, they talked about, I think they just mentioned Endgame for the, that they were going to be talking and the, uh, they, oh, the Eternity Vault, which I think was, you and Carla, you and I were talking, but we couldn't figure out what it was based on just the Friday update, but I believe that Daniel Erickson says that the Eternity Vault is an Endgame raid on the planet Belsavis. Right. So, Right. So we'll get to hear more about that, I hope, at E3. And um, 
And what else are we expecting to see? Oh, oh. a blur trailer, right? The what? A blur trailer, a new... Uh, exactly, the final one of the three or the trilogy mm -hmm. or whatever. Exactly. So I'm anxious to see that. I think that the funniest thing that we've heard in the last couple of days is um, Stephen Reed. He says, his a little a metaphor about the oncoming train <laughs> and how he is uh, laying early tracks. In other words, he's telling you, don't get your hopes up, people. There will be no release date announcement. I, well, I don't he didn't know. say that. Oh, no, he, he, he didn't he, he say like that, but that's... <laughs> he, he basically said it without actually saying it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It's too bad they can't just say it. Why can't I know. They? I know. I know. I mean, actually, I have to retract. He did not say that. <laughs> but he did say, you know, he's laying the early track. <laughs> but he says it is coming. <laughs> right. I know. He's bagged the Christmas. His, the release date is like Christmas analogy. And now we're going with the railroad track. Exactly. He laid down. <laughs> So, so that's good. Um, so, yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the, the GameSpot interview. There, it was actually an interview with a video interview with Daniel Erickson. And then there was like a written one. Um, let's talk about the video one first. So Daniel Erickson said, I love how he brought, he said raids our story are, are like story centric, <laughs> which was funny because our last, um, what our last podcast, we talked about people who are trying to like skip story all the time. Right. But, uh, <laughs> and so, yes, in, even in raids. And what did he say? He said, you know, the people, even the people who are trying to skip story um, are absorbing it just sort of accidentally, which we also talked about last, last time. And, and Roxanne, you were very excited about something that he said about, what watching tv what was it i can't i can't quote it back i have no idea <laughs> yeah. well, well, one, of, one of the concepts that he was saying was that like well people who are being drawn to the series are people who are fans of star wars so they're mm -hmm. fans of the film they're fans of the story so that like that's going to be the thing that they want to absorb um you know in the game yes oh i know i know it's what it's he said here's the quote story okay. really story really is a universal piece and this goes back to what you were talking about roxanne about how you you know like um you know he's you people who say they don't like the story his daniel eris goes like really don't you don't you watch tv the quote he said was like i guess they don't watch tv or maybe they only watch reality tv which is totally <laughs> like a dig because reality tv sucks but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yes it was nice to nice to hear him talk about uh about about and then he, he says yes you will be able to space bar through it although that makes him very sad <laughs> yeah he told a story about like people who play Baldur's gate and skip the story. i don't even know how that's possible i like that's crazy because it's all <laughs> like and it's uh, and Baldur's gate it's like at least you had to read so I can see how that might fatigue people, but this uh -huh. is going to be like people are talking to you, and there's going to be like lights and colors. Like, how do you not like that? <laughs> You're right, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, and I think that was like essential. That was the main. Those are the main points of the video interview. I think um, they talked about the story. The I'm sorry, the writers about how there's usually about a dozen writers at any one yeah. time. 
That I seemed think. like a crazy number of writers to me. And they got people from the Edmonton office, which is nice. Yes, yeah. like Drew Carpishan, right? <laughs> yes. um, who came from, he did, he write, he did Mass Effect, right? Yeah. He wrote, he wrote the yes. game and the book. Is that, is that correct? I guess. Yeah. He wrote, I think he did all three. Um, mm -hmm. And then he came yep. and worked on this too. Yep. Um, did, you know, did he, do we know what, what class he I wrote for? Is that how it worked with him? Yeah, I, don't I don't know from the and I this could not be true at all but from what Daniel Erickson was saying to me it sounded like he was more of kind of like a consultant or whatever just talking about more general stuff but maybe he was down there like writing writing yeah that's right at his on. typewriter well yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Daniel Erickson talked about how what Drew Carpishan worked on KOTOR is that correct did he? I I think it's true. I think it's true. I'm going to pretend it is. So just ignore everything I say if it's not. <laughs> but but I think he there. talked about how he was good for continuity because he would remember something that happened in the KOTOR, mm -hmm. either KOTOR 1 or 2 or maybe both. I don't know. So that helped with, with, the, with the writing for this game. So, um, so that's so that was neat. Um, the, the written part uh, also, there were some questions directed to both Gabe Amitangelo and Damien Schubert. And I, I, oh, this is the what we need. We have just found, this is new. We, we, we always say raids, but apparently in tour, they're going to be called operations. That's what Gabe Amitangelo tells us. Um, and I liked a few things that he said in this interview, or I thought they were interesting. He said there will be varying difficulty modes, uh, any, which to me, as a former World of Warcraft player, sounds to me like like the the regular mode and heroic. Is does that does that sound like what he's talking about to you, Carla? Yes, it does actually. Yeah. Although, and then he goes much like what is found in other Bioware games, and that actually was sort of confused me. Roxanne, are there are there uh, difficulty settings in other Bioware games? Well, there's the difficulty level, and they range from like casual to insanity. So it's like mm. casual. I don't know. Okay. Like, but that's then, sort of what then, we're talking about, though. If you think about it, yeah. because if you look at some of the other games, it starts off with casual being the, like, easy mode. Yeah. Right. And then I'm assuming, because he follows up by saying, the challenge, mechanics, and rewards will vary with the modes. Um, I'm, oh, and, oh, did he talk about the rewards? Yeah, the rewards. So to me, that sounds like what you get better rewards at the higher levels right that's just right that's what it sounds like to me and then he actually says so both the casual and hardcore player will be able to enjoy epic content um which is interesting because you'll kind of think of casual players not even it's never doing, reaching it yeah <laughs> yeah not even doing right so i'm not sure or operations so i'm not what is he saying here? Is he saying that the raids are going to be easier? They're going to have an easier entry level than maybe what people are used to seeing. And, you know, he doesn't say like how many difficulty levels. So there are some, some questions that have to be answered. I think um, uh, it would be nice. What do you think? Should, should raids be easier? Should there have a, should there be like a, you know, the easy mode raid for, for people who. I honestly think that there should be. I mean, because there are going to be those players and that are just never going to have the time to go and do all the, the, the work on getting their gear just right or doing this just right or learning all the fights exactly as it should be. You know, and they're, so they're not going to be able to experience that content. And one of the things that I saw 
that was a failure in my a personal opinion, please don't send me hate mail, of <laughs> wow, is that so many people did not get to experience in-game content because they couldn't find a group because their gear wasn't right, their DPS wasn't right, their, you know, you know they couldn't commit to raiding five days a week or whatever. Right. And so I think I applaud BioWare for taking this approach to make it sure that nobody gets left behind. I mean, they may not have the best of the best of the best gear, but that's okay. They still get to see this content. Yeah, I think it would be great to have the the easy mode, I guess, <laughs> um, as long as there was the hard mode also. Right. So maybe we're talking like a minimum of three difficulty levels, I would think, or maybe that's about what it should be. So you have, so like, you know, so there there would be the entry level rating <laughs> for for the for the more casual people, because and you know, casual just sometimes is, you know, the, these could be very serious and expert players. They just do not have the number of hours to devote, and it'd be you know, but if they can just kind of get in and get a little bit at an easier level, I think that would be I think that would be great as long as there was also something for the for the higher levels. I agree. Give give people. everybody something. Give the you know, the people, and like you said, it's not because they don't know how to play their character. It's because they are a hardworking individual that may only have an hour to play every night or, or whatever. You know, give them an opportunity to see this in-game content. I I think it's going to be great. But you need to challenge those hardcore people, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I will be interested to hear more about difficulty modes. Um, I guess the only other... Oh, there was an interesting question about how will the game... Uh, he deal with the different story arc choices in terms of you know are you ever gonna make some kind of choice in your raid or your instance and and then totally change the correction and then maybe be at, totally out of sync with other people um, so that you can never play again after this certain choice point um, and Damien Schubert said said no I mean we don't want it to be that way so it becomes really complicated to to play in groups um, but yes it will be interesting to see how they how they balance those those story choices um, in as, yeah as I think they called those those choices world arcs experimented with world arcs in games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age right. and that's like one of the cooler things about Mass Effect and Dragon Age and it's really evident in Dragon Age 2 which I know no one like or people had mixed feelings about but I still really like that game mm -hmm. where the thing about games is usually it's like a cause and effect where like you do something and then the the result of which is immediately evident and when you play across like a couple games or you have a game that lasts 40 hours you can have like maybe the consequence of the thing that you do be like really dramatic but you know dramatic changes like, let's say, saving, not uh, exterminating all of the Rachni in Mass Effect 1. Like, we still don't know what that's going to mean, but it's probably going to be important two games down the line. So that's mm -hmm. just really cool, the fact that they can have these big impacts that are stretched out over years of time. Um, but I guess they're saying that that's, like, really difficult to, to track in an MMO, which is too bad because it's, it's one of the more complex and one of the cooler things that um, Bioware is doing with the medium, so... Mm -hmm. Right. It was a good question, though. I was like, "Oh, that's a good question." It was a good. <laughs> it was a good question. We didn't really get a, a, a complete answer, but but yeah, they're aware of the issues. Um, the other thing that I really liked hearing about was was Damien Schubert talking about 
the casual crafter versus the dedicated crafter and he talked about the casual crafter being more the type of person that will make gear for himself and and then he says you know even they can get some of the best in slot gear uh, so that was very nice to hear um, more confirmation that crafted gear will be excellent <laughs> for, for some of the for some of your slots and then he talked about the dedicated crafter is going to be more community focused and you'll have rare schematics and how how they really do want crafters to be able to be uh, to have a profitable experience so more more on crafting more good news about crafting i hope it actually comes true i do too because you know i think that everybody knows how i feel about the crafting i want <laughs> some of the best gear to become out of our crafters i mean i've always thought that i know that people think oh well then there's no reason to to do the the raids and and yes there is i mean because yeah i think if some of it is from crafting that's fine it should you know it shouldn't all be from crafting and it shouldn't all be from raids i like the mix idea i agree i could not agree more yep all right so anyway uh that that interview is the in the i'll have a link in the show notes and you guys can watch the video if you haven't had a chance and then read the whole interview for yourself absolutely okay and then that brings us to um our final drawing for the swag that we received at the SW tour. There Actually, at, I don't think we've announced the winners for all, for all for all our that's, that's all our drawings. Oh, that's is that true? Oh, that's right for, because we're so far behind. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so for drawing number one, um, that won the poster set, which was a, you know one of each poster, was KK Work off of Twitter. Congratulations. And then for drawing number two, Daelda and James Dye won copies of the book Deceived. And then for drawing three, we had three different posters. Um, Sean Gwynn, I believe, won the Republic poster. And Michelle Mumert and Jedi Elcat won the um, Empire posters. The Darth Malgus posters, Correct. yes. <laughs> Congratulations to Yay. all of our winners. Yay! Yes, hooray! Woo! <laughs> Way to go, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, that brings us down to our quick mentions. Um, Gama Sutra interviewed the doctors, Dr. Ray Mizuka and Greg, Greg Zuzchek. What did I say? Mizuka. <laughs> Musica, Musica. Okay, Muzica. so I butchered your name. Sorry, doctor. <laughs> I love you. Bye bye. They're probably listening right now. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're taking time out of E3 to listen to this. Okay. Um. Anyway, um. Star Tours opened in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. There's a video interview with Tom Fitzgerald and George Lucas on our website. And uh, here's some local news from Houston, Texas. The Health Museum in Houston is having a Star Wars-themed special exhibit called Star Wars, Where Science Meets the Imagination. And they'll feature props from all six of the movies and have interactive activities. This is going to last from June um, 18th through September 18th of this year. So I plan on going go. and seeing it. Good. You can give us a report. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, mm -hmm. We have cool. a lot of quick mentions. I'll pick it up from here. Uh, there, We had a couple of articles on our site that we think are were fun enough to put up, and if people haven't had a chance to check them out, they should. There was a fun little 
Star Wars art uh, done in the style of like saints, icon saints. You had the patron saints of Star Wars, <laughs> um, which we, which I really liked. One of Roxanne's friends linked Jason uh, gave sent us that link. Hi, and, Jason. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then there was another fun little art arty kind of thing where someone took corporate logos like Puma and Nike, but changed them into like Star Wars things. Like Burger King was Boba Fett hunted your way. Um, there's a little article on our site, so check those out. Um, there's also a, a documentary going around the country right now. It's called The People versus George Lucas. Uh, there, well, there's a great trailer you can watch and. And I think the way it's working, it's kind of like when Paranormal came out, they didn't just release it widely. They made you like the social networking, Facebook and Twitter, and you have to sign up and, and vote to have it come to your city. So um, if you go to their site, you can you can do all that. But definitely watch the trailer. It's, it's real fun. They just they are just interviewing. Um, they're interviewing Star Wars fans, basically, and it's and it's humorous and just just a lot of fun. Um, the Tour Wars guys, Jeff and David, were at at the fan site summit, and they grabbed David Bass, and we just wanted to mention this interview because because David Bass gave us a little shout out <laughs> when when they asked him what what their what his favorite site was. He he actually said Corellian Run Radio, which made us like real excited and happy. Yay! So <laughs> yeah, so go ahead check that out it's a it's a fun it's a fun little interview um and finally for our quick mentions i just wanted to direct the uh people to the dev tracker post from damian schubert because he expl explains why skipping class story is possible but probably not a good idea which could actually hurt your progression and i like there were many dev tracker uh posts in the last three weeks but that one caught my eye my eye because we just had that conversation on our last podcast about how important story is um and i believe that wraps it up for quick mentions and which means it's also a wrap for the biggest tour news strong am i with the force or jedi Last time we found out that Carla and I believe in doing unto others, etc., etc., when it comes to leaving the driveway unblocked. And we also found out that when Roxanne gets behind the wheel, she goes full dark side. <laughs> so far, our scores stand Carla negative four, Kathy plus 11, and Roxanne plus two. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. Okay, ladies, are you ready for your Sith or Jedi challenge? Oh yeah. <laughs> this week's test was suggested by listener Vallejo. Thanks for sending this in. The test of the misdelivered mail. You pick up your mail from your mailbox. Among the usual assortment of bills and advertisements, you notice a magazine you do not subscribe to in the mix. You glance at the cover and see several articles that you wouldn't mind reading, and then you see the address label. This magazine was supposed to be delivered to a house a couple of blocks away. What do you do? 1. Immediately take the magazine to the correct address. 2. Take the magazine inside and toss it on the coffee table. You'll deliver the magazine to its rightful owner after you've had time to read it yourself. Or 3. Take the magazine and dump it on the dreadful sorting pile of papers and reading material. It's highly unlikely that you will ever deliver the magazine to the right 
house. All right, Roxanne, what would you do with this the magazine? This is a tricky one because mm-hmm. isn't it like a federal crime to admit <laughs> to doing anything other than forwarding it? <laughs> this is all hypothetical. <laughs> I don't know. Is it, is it a Someone federal crime it, once it's in your own mailbox? I don't know. Let's assume <laughs> it's not a <laughs> that you that you will not be arrested. <laughs> so. Uh, well, okay. Well, and I'm, let's just say for like argument's sake that this is, I would totally, absolutely always just return mail. But hypothetically, if I didn't return the mail, this is what <laughs> I would do. Um, like, so the mail that I, where I live in my development, I can't mail out mail from my, there are no mailboxes around me. So if I want to mail something, I have to take it to work and put it in the mailbox there. <laughs> and like when I lived in Richmond, I would get the mail from the people who used them in the house all the time. And then you just write like, you know, please forward or not at this address. It's not a big deal. But now to forward it, I have to physically take it to a post office or a mailbox somewhere else. So it's a lot, it's, it's more difficult, I guess, to, to forward things. I definitely well, yeah. wouldn't read it because that seems weird um i would probably yeah throw it onto the dreadful sorting pile <laughs> and accidentally forget about well, it. well i mean i would forward it but someone else might do that <laughs> someone like you in a hypothetical situation <laughs> didn't love the law as much as i do <laughs> Alright. Well, your hypothetical of yourself has chosen the dark side. It's not your fault the mail carrier sucks at his job. Why should you go out of your way to fix the mistakes of others? How about you, Carla? Well, first of all, I'm using Roxanne's disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did you hear the part how you could actually just like hand deliver it? It's like two blocks away. You could walk there, drive there. Well, first of all, I, I have a question for Roxanne. Where the hell do you live that you don't have a mailbox anywhere that you can return no, mail? We had them the first week I moved in here and they tore them all out. I'm pretty sure it's illegal not to have like mailboxes around, but I like. <laughs> Okay, we should do a whole episode about how I hate the postal service where I live. I, like, can't receive packages. <laughs> oh, my God. Packages. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, you know, I live in a rural area, and we don't, you know, get our mail locally, you know, like on our street. And I live so far in the boonies, it would probably be a cold day before I ever delivered somebody it's, else's it's mail. It's two blocks away. It's two blocks away. You could walk there. <laughs> so what I would oh probably God. do is toss it in the dreadful sorting pile only until I decided to make a trip to the post office so I could drop it in the box. I don't know that I would read it. I might. <laughs> I would never open somebody's mail, but that's a magazine. That's different. <laughs> but that's I would take problem. it. <laughs> yeah, I would take it back and drop it in the mail for them to deliver it to whoever that needs to go to. Um, so that sounds like the neutral path. I mean, yeah. like, what <laughs> if it's like something embarrassing? You don't want to like oh, knock geez. at the door and be like, "Oh, your super embarrassing magazine got delivered to me by accident," and then your relationship with that neighbor is screwed up. Oh, now see, that's the kind of magazine I'd want to deliver back. <laughs> Uh, I think you guys are putting too many parameters on this. <laughs> anyway, Carl, I'm going to give you neutral. <laughs> um, a slight delay won't be noticed, especially if you are careful to keep the magazine in good condition and get it to them in the next day or so. No All right, so you have zero points. I... 
Hmm. If I actually wanted to read the articles, I, w I would read it. I, I think if it was something and I was like, oh, this is my free chance and they'll never know. So I think I, I, I would probably do the neutral path also. Because that is what I go and I just, I, I hand deliver the mail that gets misdelivered. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but I would probably read it first, which is slightly less ethical, I guess. <laughs> so, um, all right. So Carl and I get zero and Roxanne gets another negative one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm doing you're... this on purpose. I'm trying oh, yeah, to go you're... back to zero. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for our listeners, you guys can read all the past Sith or Jedi tests on our site at CorellianRun.com. Keep score and see which way you lean. That sound means it's time for our community buzz, where we take a look at the things the fans are talking about. Rating. There was a poll on the forums that says, how long do you think raids should be and when should they reset? And I found this to be kind of an exciting idea to talk mm -hmm. about because I don't think that raids should take forever and ever and ever. I think that most people are limited on their playtime. Even the most hardcore don't want to sit there for four or five hours, you know, playing it and and running this same raid over and over again and i think we're talking about after they've learned the boss fights and not right not while you're learning it yeah. that's what i that's what i assume yeah so i mean i chose that it should only last two to three hours you know what did y'all choose um yeah that seemed about right to me and i think that's about what most of the people didn't most of the people like right. about, about a two-hour average um once once you've learned it now you're just you know, farming it for gear type of thing. Um, Roxanne, you don't raid, so does two hours seem like I, really long to you? Or three, hour, three hours seems really long to me. I guess like one and a half to two. I have a question though. Like, so how long did did like WoW dungeons take to beat once you knew them and stuff? Well, they they some you know there's some where we like you're in and out in half an hour, right? Oh. <laughs> like like. Anixia. Right. <laughs> um, and like AQ40 or something. Yeah, there are others. There are others that could be hours, I guess. Hours and hours. And you'd Even work if you on it. Them? I, yeah, sure. Like you would do half of it, you know, one night and then you'd go back to the same dungeon later in the week. So, so, so I think there was a pretty big range. Um, but, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I think that, don't you think, Carla, that the sentiment is towards shorter now? I think so, because I, I, I think, you know, we're, we're kind of getting away from these super huge 40-man raids and mm -hmm. all of that because of how time-consuming they were to something that was more, you know, two hours, you know, in and out, and you get really good at it. You could probably do it in a lot less, you know, just blow through someplace, you know. And we're not talking about learning the bosses. We're talking about just farming. I mean, we've already learned the mm -hmm. bosses. We're gone in there. We got a good crew. You know. Yeah. yeah. I was just right. thinking, and uh, you know, like the Left for Dead campaigns. I like I'm at the point where I think those are kind of long and those don't take those are like probably an hour, right? When you <laughs> just play through them. Yeah, but, like, I guess so. Yeah, I mean so yeah, I would tend to I I wouldn't say that dungeons should be less than an hour, but like um, well, yeah, we already know. Shorter. Yeah, we already know that instances they said are average. Well, 
maybe this is only Terrell 5, but that one was supposed to be like 90 minutes. So I'm assuming that it should be longer. So I would think two hours minimum, right? <laughs> right. Um, Assuming that's that's what their thinking is that a raid should be or an operation. They said they said ninety minutes, but they also said that the the thing that we played was supposed to take forty five minutes to play, and didn't like most people do that in like twenty five to thirty minutes. So uh, I, I wonder what their estimates are. What do you mean by most on? people? You mean the people who won? I mean, there's some people that played the whole forty five minutes and didn't oh, right. the first boss. Right. <laughs> so and we but only they were did. like learning it right, and and like we probably did it in like thirty maybe right, and we were yeah, we technically have. learning it too. And I thought that like the tor the group that like Musco was in did it in in less, but yeah, yeah. they they really they cleaned through so yeah and. You know that, and again, that was only half of it, and and who knows what the difficulty level was. I, I keep hearing different, different conflicting reports, but uh, but yeah, certainly, certainly, like I, I think I, personally, I I would love a, a two-hour raid, but you know, but the, you have to and keep wonder, in mind there should be enough choices, though. I mean, maybe what if there's only one operation at your level? Then then two hours is probably not long enough because you'll. You know, you'll go in on Monday, you'll clear it out, and then, and then now you have nothing to do for the next. I guess like are, are those estimates? Days. Those estimates are going to be tabulated at like the the normal difficulty level, and not the other difficulty huh. levels. That's a good question. I don't know. I would think that that would be normal. I mean, come mm -hmm. on, because if we're talking like, about heroics, casual, or... you can clear that thing in like forty minutes or half right. an hour, and then on like super hard, it takes like two hours or something. I don't know. Or yeah. something. Like and then one thing that I found interesting is that the majority of the people wanted these raids to reset after more than five days, and mm. I was like, "What? Are you nuts? <laughs> Do you think that's just like they're thinking of Wow, which was yeah. like a week?" I mean, so I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I that that used to drive me crazy the whole week reset I don't know thing. What they're thinking. <laughs> I, yeah. I want my one hour raid to reset in one hundred hours. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know, seriously, I mean, if it's an if it's a two hour raid, and you go one time, you don't want it to reset for six to eight days. Yeah. Well, obviously, all these things are yeah dependent on. You know how long is it going to be? What's the reset? So yeah, I if if that's the only raid to do, no, you want it to reset quicker. But they're not going to make it. I mean, they have to. They can't have it where you're getting this epic gear seven times a week. Like if you're raiding for no, five I times agree with a that. week. Yeah, no, huh. I agree that it should it should have a reset of something, whether it's three days, four days, you know. And again, we're talking, you know, how many raids are there going to be? And yeah, you don't want to run out of things to do exactly. with your guild. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I hope that we will hear more about a little more about that this week at E3 when they talk a little bit more about Endgame. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that most people that people if people are looking like they are expecting a slightly shorter raid or hoping for a slightly shorter raid than we have seen in games like wow and they are but they are expecting the same amount of reset time so right well and I that takes know. us to our next poll of do you support in-game recount well when we first looked at this poll what do you want to explain what recount is yeah first of all recount is an in-game damage meter um that tells people everyone that has the the mod, if that's what you want to call it, because it could be something in-game. But in WoW, it was a, a, a mod, an add-on, 
that you could get that would tell you what everybody in your raid party, what kind of damage they did, or what kind of healing they did, so that you could judge their performance. Mm -hmm. And um, so there is a um, poll on the tour forums that ask if you support an in-game recount. And this is the second half of the poll, because apparently when we first look at it, it shows that there were 1,693 people that voted in this particular poll, and 53% voted yes, they wanted it. But then if you read the very next post, Kristen uh, Fuller from BioWare says, oops, because the previous thread had reached a thousand limit post, they restarted the thread. So you have to go to the other thread, and in that thread, 1,433 people voted, and 54% said no, they did not want it. So if you <laughs> average the two together, 49.9% people said they do want it, and 50.1% said they don't want it. So, basically, so it's, it's right neck there, and neck. neck and neck. So there's people that do want it and some people that don't. My whole thing on it is I believe that there needs to be a way to tell how people are doing but I do not believe that having a meter is the way to go because I think that it, that encourages elitism. And <laughs> I don't think that's how we should judge people. I mean, you I know, think that... Yeah, remember when we used to raid together, we had this rule because that no one could post in the in the chat, the raid chat, what the what the standings were at that point in the raid, because it became like this ridiculous thing where people it was would like, stop doing their job and then yes. get their numbers up, exactly. or they'd get mad. Yeah, you know, they'd either get mad or they would do whatever it took to get their numbers up, even if that meant killing everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So so yes, that those are the problems with things like recount. Um, and I, I, there are good things though. It's sort of like it is it is nice to be able to tell some way for your own personal, you know, education. You you like to know where you are because then you know if if you need help or you and you or you look and you see who's doing really well and you can talk to them and say well you know what are you doing that's you know so it's i i'm sort of split on this issue i think the the room for abuse is definitely there and it can be very annoying um but but yeah i, I agree with you carla it's it's they're, if they're not going to have something like this then there really has to be some other way that you can figure out you know how you're doing essentially well one of the things that they said was here is, um, it says, would you rather um, have your information based on factual data or would you rather take your chances with the hunch of self-seeking jerk? If, for example, <laughs> with recount, jerk says, dude, leave the group, your DPS sucks. Okay. <laughs> Without recant, the jerk says, dude, please leave the group. Uh, group, you're wearing green helm, your gear isn't good enough for this encounter, and you even get kicked because you weren't on the top DPS. You know? <laughs> so, so in other words, there's always a way for a jerk to be a jerk. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and a part of me likes the the recount. Um, and what I mean by that is, I would love to have maybe an in-game recount that only you can see. You can't share it. 
you can't spam it to anybody <laughs> you but you can see from... <laughs> it and you can see how you're compared with other people and other people can see that same meter on how they compare with everybody but you can't sit there and spam it and you know do all these different things i mean because if people are going to judge you they're going to judge you anyway you know they're going right. to think that you can't stop them from sharing the information i like the idea that they can't see it unless you show them because mm -hmm. then you can use it as like a, a training tool like like kathy was saying yeah because then it, it could just be like you know like how much can you bench where you can lie to people if you want or you can like <laughs> show them if you want but no one else can like see it I don't right. know. It's just hard for me to, to accept the fact that we have to have those types of things just to get through content. This is a game. It's supposed to be fun. And that to me, that kind of makes it a job. Right, right. Well, uh, we, it's unlikely, I would say, that something like Recount is going to... We, well, we know that we're not going to have third-party mods at, at launch. And that kind of goes along with their philosophy so far. Uh, there were some dev tracker posts from Georg Zoller when he talked about there being no macros at launch, which is kind of a completely different issue. I, I can see why they don't have mods. Macros, I feel like, wow... They're they're really trying to, to like go old school. <laughs> we don't right. want we 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 want everything to we don't want to have these little these these any any additional thing that that's gonna change the basic game. I don't know. How did you feel about that, Carla? I don't know. I don't, I, I I rarely don't know. I was sitting here reading this the rest of this post and and what kind of got me distracted was that. Uh, I, I guess I didn't notice it before, is the guy edited his post um, on this recount discussion, and he refers back to our interview with Georg Zoller from the Fanside Summit. Mm -hmm. And he says, during the speed fire round starting about 13 minutes in the video, Georg confirms an out-of-game combat log. Mm -hmm. So... You know, he's actually getting excited because of something that we found out from Georg. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to the macros issue. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I, don't, I, I like macros. Seriously, mm -hmm. I like macros. And I don't think that those should be limited. And I don't think... What do I, you... Why, what, sorry. I'm keeping that's okay, but... I mean to. Why would you... <laughs> Because I just because I have less MMO experience than you guys. Like, what type of stuff you use macros for? Because I, I've never used them for anything. Well, right. It depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, okay. for example, it, it depends on how what the game allows you to do with the macros. I mean, for example, in WoW, you could set up a macro that would, um, let's say, fire a particular shot, then insert a pause, and. Um, send your pet in and then cast this one's particular spell and then fire another uh, this type of shot that can only be followed by the first shot and oh so it's just like a it's like a sequencing computer program exactly exactly yes. and blizzard was like okay with that oh yeah <laughs> yeah they had really? they had a built-in thing if you ever had looked on in when you brought up your menu hit escape one of them things 
just like led you to macros that they had. Okay. <laughs> I'm like I'm working on a, a crazy theory which I hope will earn me hate mail and that is that MMOers don't actually like to play video games cuz like seriously what you want to you don't want to like learn what the advanced classes do on your own you want to be told beforehand you don't want to actually hit the buttons to play your <laughs> abilities you don't want to well, listen to the story like what do you want to do <laughs> like yeah but see <laughs> let's back up Roxanne First of all, you're used to playing single-player games that you can repeat over and over and over again. MMOs don't work that way. What? what? Of course you can repeat, like, <laughs> it's a dungeon. You probably play the same thing more times than I do. I only play through the game once. I'm and talking it's about, over. let's go back to the advanced class. You have to make a decision. You know, oh, you we're talking about that now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you brought it up, you know. Well, I thought, let's talk about the macros thing. Oh, wait, like, yeah. Like, like, I feel like... Let's, yeah, let's not go. So macros. So so what Carla was talking about with all those different things. I mean, a lot a lot of those things can be keyed to to one key, and yeah. this is like. So it's nice if you are not a clicker. If you are a clicker, where you're going to use your mouse to point to the ability and find it on your bar and click that this thing and then this thing and this thing, um, it doesn't really affect you, I guess. But but if you're like a a, a mouse turner and you use like your number keys perhaps on your keyboard yep. it's you're not you can't fit all the different things you want to do just on those on you know you you can fit multiple things on one key um, which is really nice and much and it just streamlines your gameplay um, now and and there are certain things like like Carly you probably use this when you're a healer like the the thing where you set a focus right um, so like if you're a healer, you know, let's say you're going to heal, you're supposed to heal the warrior. So you click on him, you know, you, tar you select him target and you, and you heal him with your macro button. And I think this is, you know, to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Now with your, since you've set up your macro, it now knows that you are going to, when you press this key, this person that you have targeted right now is the guy you're going to heal. Even, Even if you don't have him targeted? Yes. Correct. <laughs> so now you can select the guy, set your focus on your, your heal target, and now if you have to go and maybe DPS the boss or whatever, you select the boss and you can use other buttons and you can be doing, you know, whatever. And yes. when it's time to heal, you just have to hit your, your macro, your number one, let's say, and it'll you won't have to deselect the boss. And, and it's just a lot more, you know, this so, whole thing. My response to that is um, I can totally understand as a player why you would want something like that because it just makes it easier in the same way that if you were playing a platformer, I would love to be able to triple jump instead of just being able to jump once because it's, it's, it makes my performance as a player easier. I don't see how that's good as a game designer or a developer because then it's like if you have macros, you're outperforming people who like don't with this kind of like computer program that you wrote. like. I don't but these macros are are readily available, and as I said, like in WoW, they just let you have them, and you could, you know, they had it set up, and you could, and you know, I didn't write them because I don't understand the the you know the first thing about how to write them. Mm -hmm. But you just go and you on a website and you look it up, and they go, hey, look, this macro will help you do this, um, and it and it's great, you know, you just so you can just plug it right in, and it's and my hand is not that big, so it's hard for me to reach. A, you know, like across the keyboard, <laughs> like, um, you know, I can do one, two, three, four, and five pretty easily, but mm -hmm. after that, it gets tough. So if I'm limited to only like five ability, you know, five things, th then, then it makes the game a lot more inefficient. 
But, you know, going back to what Roxanne is saying, I understand where she's coming from in, in regards to game developers may not want us to use a bunch of macros, and apparently Bioware is one of them. <laughs> um, the thing is, is maybe this game, we won't have to press all these different buttons or try to have all of these different abilities. Maybe we'll have fewer abilities. No, we know that we're going to have more abilities. Georg Zoller says, said, he said, whereas in other MMOs, you're going to use three to five different abilities. They want you to use more like four to six or something like that, or like a couple more abilities than you're used to using. So you're actually increasing the number of abilities you're going to have to use, but you're decreasing the, the ways to streamline it. So, you know, I, I just feel like macros are so, you know, they're easy, accessible to everyone. I don't feel that they're game breaking for, I mean, they're, you can make them so that you're not just like, you know, having to press the one button the whole time. And they're so, you know, they're so they're kind of expected now. And to go to, to suddenly say, like, I guess, are they in Rift or? Yes, they are okay. in Rift. Macros, but mods are not in Rift, but macros mods, are, right? Mods are not yeah. in Rift, but macros yeah. are. But your yeah, macros I've, are limited in Rift. There are certain things that they don't let you do. Uh-huh. You want, and that, I don't have a problem with that, I think, because so you don't how, want to get to the process of writing a macro is what someone like if I were like a C sharp programmer or a programmer, I would write the macro and then do I have to submit it to Bioware who approves it? No, 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 no. It? It's no, just they don't. like a text file or whatever. It be, you just have to know the commands. Like, um, you have to know what the command is to, and the, the exact spelling of a spell that you want to cast because you would have to put like, cat, you know, slash, yeah, slash, card, yeah. you know. Okay. Fire yeah. bombshell or whatever the the spell may be called, but you have to spell it correctly. You have to capture. So the it framework, correctly. the framework to chain abilities is hard coded into the game already. And yeah, it's just the ability. It's actually, for example, you're if you're clicking like on a button, let's say it's a major heal spell. Mm -hmm. If you're clicking on the major heal spell button, it's actually you know the coding or programming is saying okay slash cast space major heal. I mean, yeah, it's I, guess actually, I was just wondering who was writing that piece of the code. The programmers are. The programmers of the, the developers. <clears throat> yeah, the developers okay. of the game have the code already written. We just need to know what that code is and have the ability to make our own in-game macros. Right. Was it like that at, at launch, or did that get like added in? I think it got added in. I don't think it was like that at launch. On <laughs> WoW. I don't remember, to be honest. I've had them in WoW for so long. I thought right. that maybe I'm making this up, but I thought like someone. I thought I remember like people getting in trouble for running macros, like back well, in 2006 some... or something. Is that not like something that was happening? Um. Well, are you talking about things like botting? I have no idea. So <laughs> we should stop talking about this because <laughs> now we're going into like we're not sure what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, so ultimately, what it comes to down to this, I feel like for me, a good analogy would be is if if the car companies said, you know what, we want people to just enjoy the basic way to drive a car. And so from now on, we're not going to do automatic transmission anymore. Everyone's going to have to learn how to shift gears. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like Bioware, the decision Bioware is making with, with the no macros thing. It's sort of like people have gotten used to this 
more efficient, well, you know, just easier to, to, to handle than anyone can do um, way of streamlining your abilities and, and saying, no, we don't, we are not going to put those in right now at launch and we just expect you to drive stick shift. So, you know, whatever. Right. I think they've said, I'm sure that they'll probably come in later and I said that, you know, it's not like they have a philosophical opposition to it. It's just not going to be in at launch and you know, that's, I, I feel like mods is one thing, but macros is kind of a different horse. I agree. Yeah, and they no longer upset me because I didn't really understand what they were. Um, <laughs> obviously. You're a clicker. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, anyway. All right, well, let's go back a little bit to what we were talking about before about the information, um, uh, what we need to know about about the game to, to not, not you, the three of us, we, but the community, we. Um, there was a thread in the official forums that was called, uh, the title, I believe, was Bioware's Information Idiocy. Um, and the guy kind of, you know, railed on all the things, like, we don't know anything about this game, is essentially what his post was. Um, and the and, things he mentioned were like, we don't know how naming's going to work and character creation. I was like, yeah. oh, come on, pal. Like, <laughs> so, oh, and the one that really got me was, and we don't know how much this will cost to subscribe to. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and this kind of ties in with lots of other, you know, with this kind of just keeps coming up. There was, there's another poll on information release um, where we find out that most people are actually pretty happy with, with the information flow coming out. Uh, the, I think 60% of the people think that it's either great or pretty good. So the top two choices. Um, so so really that the the OP on the Bioware's information idiocy seems to be in the minority, which I was glad to glad to see. Um, and then the most recent thing that that came up was there was a forum user complained that he's tired of being strung along. <laughs> you know he's beginning to feel negative about the game, and you know to the point of of I don't know. He even said that he would be probably going to. I know. <laughs> and that, so Stephen Reed kind of chimes in. And he goes, well, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't follow the game so quite so closely. Maybe it's time to take a break. So so yes, this so this topic of information release obviously comes up. And I sometimes I think the only thing that will make people happy or is if they just gave a release date and that and anything except a release date is stupid. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, so what, so, you know, how much should we know, you know, what is reasonable, you know, is Bioware coming near that standard? I mean, I, I feel like they are, I feel like they're going above and beyond. Um, what do you ladies think? I am, am very appreciative with the flow of information but i can also understand you know human nature and mm -hmm. human nature is this game has been hyped up and talked about and weekly updates now for a year or more and um i think people are are just so hyped up that they're getting frustrated because they want to play the game and that's not a bad thing you know that's just not a bad thing but Again, I appreciate the flow of information. I think that BioWare has stepped up to the plate and actually is leading the industry in mm -hmm. how they're releasing information and the regularity and consistency 
of information is just outstanding. I mean, I and no, I mean, I'm not trying to suck up to Bioware. I'm just being honest. I, I, I've never followed a game this closely before, but I've never seen anybody get this kind of information every single week. We get something, even if it's something small. They're very mm -hmm. consistent about the release of information, and I I like that. Now I want a release date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um I think, and I'm not just saying this to be extreme. I think there's too much information being released, <laughs> <laughs> and I would, and it's not really too much because I know that people really like the details stuff, and I would never say that they have to stop releasing information because some people like it, and that's cool to like keep those people happy. But I was just like when we were reading that Georg Zoller like interview when he was going down every class, and I was just becoming kind of upset. I was like, I don't want to know <laughs> like all this this stuff i love the type of stuff i love is like i love that pre-e3 trailer where i can like see what the game looks like and there's mm -hmm. just it's it's a teaser you know it's the way like most marketing materials work it's not like in-depth systems it's not like this is a this is the ability this is how much damage it does this is how often you can use it um right i was thinking of you know portal 2 and all the um you know, the different types of gels and the light beams and stuff like that. And, right. like, if I had had a developer post weeks before saying, like, oh, we're going to have, like, a, a gel and it's going to be, like, you can pour it on any surface or, you know, it would, you know, if they had told me what all those did, like, you know, part of the fun of that game was, like, experimenting and listening to mm -hmm. Cave Johnson and looking at, like, you know, the 1940s, like, <laughs> drawings yes. of people using gel. You're like, oh, my God, it makes you bounce high or something like that. And, like... Of course, if it had been months before Portal 2, and I'm sure there actually probably were articles explaining stuff about it, I would have totally read those articles, because really, I just want to play Portal 2, and since I can't, I might as well just absorb information, because I'm really interested. But it really probably would have been a lesser game experience for me if I had known what all that stuff did. Um, I mean, the I get like emotionally the the want to to know everything about like this thing that you like um mm -hmm. but i think it's probably bad for your overall like experiencing that i know that like mom you do the thing when we used to see like musicals a lot where you would never listen to the soundtrack before right. we would like see the show because you like learn too much about the storyline it's kind of cool just to experience it the narrative like from from beginning to end so i'm I'm like really conflicted about like the kind of thing that we do <laughs> in the fan site community where I'm like, I don't necessarily think that this is great. I kind of wish that I didn't have to, you know, examine everything under a microscope because, you know, it's all going to be a little, it's going to be a little weird. I'm going to, I'm not going to see, my fear is that when I play, I'm not going to see like what's happening. I'm going to be like, oh, it's the advanced class, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, which I would hate. <laughs> Because, you know, the game systems or, are... Is it, or, sorry, it won't be, or it won't be fresh. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> um, well, it was like what when Carla was talking about... Carla, you were talking about how you wanted to know all your abilities ahead of time. It's like, I love when I play a new class and then I train and I'm like, whoa, this ability can do this. That's so cool. I, I don't want to know every ability ahead of time i i want to kind of i want there to be some discovery still so yeah i do and rex said we were talking i remember when you're just like we're going to talk about this information thing and how much we should have and roxanne was like ugh 
I hate us. <laughs> we should, we're, we're ruining the game for, for ourselves and all of our listeners. But see, I, I guess that goes into a different frame of mind. First of all, I think that Roxanne is more of a single player I, I, like, frame of I mind. Know, we keep saying that, but it's like... <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that MMOers like don't like experiencing new things. I mean, it can't be. But I still think I'm going to experience those new things. I believe that even though I know what those advanced class abilities are, until I actually select it and play with it, I'm not going to know how it feels. I'm not going to know <laughs> how it how it looks. Carla, I'm are not... you one of those people that likes to know the end of the movie before it happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is what I'm. I, this is the thing. <laughs> oh, hi. What's that? Is there anything wrong with that? What's it to you? <laughs> My, it, it's like, um, so that's, that's, I guess that's fine to want to know everything beforehand. But if we're going to go back to like the format and how you should experience things and stuff, and seeing things in game is probably the best way to see it. You shouldn't get upset that you can't like spoil yourself beforehand. <laughs> I <laughs> guess, but like people, you know, people are like, I just want to like say that whenever it, there's all these like sob stories on that thread where they're like, I had five friends who were gonna play this game with me, but now they've just lost interest, and I'm gonna have to play alone in the rain. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my god, you like you. And someone was like, your friends are idiots. <laughs> yeah, but see, <laughs> I still thing. think that it's, it's a frame it takes, of like, mind. Insane, it takes a lot of, like, mental concentration and, like, force of will to, like, follow a game this closely. And the thing is that, like, for all these, are you telling me that these people aren't going to play the game when it's on the shelves? Of course they are. These are absolutely <laughs> empty threats. Everyone who's saying, like, you're losing customers because I'm a paying customer or I will be when the game comes out. And like, I'm really unhappy with the information released. They're just whining because they want more information. They want to play the game now. But I can almost guarantee that there isn't a single one of them. If you're spending hours on the SWOTOR forums, you're going to play the goddamn game when it comes out. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to like, you're what, you're going to sit in a corner with your arms crossed and be like, well, I was angry three months ago. Those are closet so I'm going to punish Bioware now. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> They're just acting like children, and I hate them, and this is why I don't read the official forums. <laughs> <laughs> you are so bad. But <laughs> I still right. think that this is, goes back to a frame of mind. And, and, and you know, Bioware players typically are single-player game fans. And they're used to... Because Bioware has only made single-player. Right. Well, if you don't count, like, uh, Neverwinter Nights and right. stuff. Right. Sure, but, but think about the MMO players that have played, are coming from the WoW community. WoW has destroyed our minds. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they have taken... We are, we are used to elitist jerks. We're used to recount. We're used to all these mods and macros. We're used to being put under a microscope. We're used to having an equipment manager that we can highlight over somebody's equipment and see something better, you know, or what they need to do to, to get better gear. In other words, what would be an improvement for their gear? So we're used to telling them, well, you know, you've got the, the sword of death and you need the sword of devastation. You know, mm -hmm. and go get it or we're not going to let you in. So you've got to realize, Roxanne, that there's a frame of mind of people that are in the MMO community 
that they want all of this information and they want as much information as they can so that they can tell you how bad you suck. Right. And <laughs> seriously, I'm that like they can want whatever they want, but like they're probably not going to get it and it doesn't really matter cuz they're still going to play the game when it comes out. <laughs> like I refuse to believe that they're not going to play it. I agree. And also no matter what what information BioWare releases, there will be people who don't like that information and want different information. Yeah, the thing that and this is like kind of what me and mom were talking about last week where she didn't like intrinsically disagree with the people with, who were complaining about story and how you're dumb if you skip story but she just didn't like the attitude and that's totally the way i feel about these people where i'm like okay so you're frustrated i get it it's been really long i think we're all maybe a little frustrated but like to write like threats in forum posts aimed at developers <laughs> where are they going to read that and be like oh my god like i've seen the light you were right. I'm going to, like, send flowers to your wife or something. <laughs> no! They're going to be like, oh, look, a, a whiny child. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. <laughs> All right. Have okay. We, uh, have we flogged this horse? <laughs> we have flogged this horse. Okay, right. let's like see. I think that that's about a wrap, is. isn't it? Um, yeah, let's so. thank um, Tavrani and Daniele Phillips for leaving us a positive review on the iTunes. Thank you, thank you very much. We'd also like to thank our oh, intro yes, I, radio announcer. His name, which I didn't write on your notes, is Jason from Not A Lot Of News News Hour. Thanks for submitting that. that Absolutely. Clip. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and... Uh, some contact information. You can see us, find us at CorellianRun.com, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. We have links on our buttons on our site that will take you right there to our pages. And you can always leave a voice message. No one has done it yet. 281-766-4511. And you may subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and Zoom. That wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Kathy. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Carla. May the Force be with you. And may all your E3 wishes come true. You have been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Jeff Hollis and David Bass say. Now, uh, let me ask you, it's probably the most important question of the night. Your favorite fan site, the guys who, who just really made your weekend for you, who was that? That's got to be Corellian Run Radio. Oh, wrong answer. And transition. Stop Hooray. recording. That's been cool. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>